0: remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season everything from nfl playoffs to pro and college basketball ufc mma and more you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at BetOnline, with live betting options free contest and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable BetOnline online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports leagues and events Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code believe B-L-E-A-V, to receive rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast via the Believe network. This is episode two of season five. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. As always, appreciate you being with us and making us the number one sports law podcast in the world for three years running. So today we have a special uh, episode talking about Hollywood's uh, creative dilemma. And this is something that has kind of been swirling around in the press, and it's all about artificial intelligence. And if you're not familiar with artificial intelligence, definitely take the time to take a look at it. Take the time to see what companies are investing in it, because I think that will uh, open up your mind uh, to possibilities of not only for development and engagement, but also kind of to see where the world is headed, right? I I think that uh, there's something to be said uh, about artificial intelligence, which is sort of this idea of using technology and machine learning to uh, make, I guess in the simplest way to put this, if you're typing on your cell phone and um, your cell phone guesses the words that you're going to type, if you're typing an email and it guesses the words you're going to type, AI works in the same way, except that it's um, uh, much more complex in that it takes information that people have written, have painted, have talked about, and it puts it into a sort of machine learning uh, system and gives the ability to create something. And so there was this Hollywood Reporter article uh, talking about uh, a recent Hollywood Reporter article talking about this thing called Chat GPT. And what it does is it sort of allows for the creation of screenplays and scripts and uh, treatments and anything to sort of do in the sort of the writing sense. And of course, there is this question uh, that arises from that, not only the efficacy of it, you know, but also um, sort of the the responsibility we might have as humans to, um, you know, maybe keep certain jobs open because there's sort of this argument that, well, if we open up, you know, AI to really anything without regulation, Uh, the problem is, is that, uh, you know, you have a situation where maybe you're losing jobs or uh, people are not uh, able to be as creative. Then the other argument is that maybe AI makes people more creative and uh, expands our ability. So uh, again, so today we're really looking at the, the the growth of artificial intelligence or AI technology and its potential impact on creatives in Hollywood. So, you know, in a world where there is constant change and technological development, Hollywood films, um, you know, really might have one thinking that robots and artificial intelligence will replace human beings one day. I mean, the Terminator series and You know, how many other hundreds of films in Hollywood, particularly of the the sci-fi variety, have looked at sort of this ability of artificial intelligence and the things that it can do? You know, there's stories out there of uh, true stories, not just from a film perspective, of, um, you know, nonfiction where you have, you know, somebody inserting data into an artificial intelligence system, let's say like chat GPT. And you put in there, write a story about, um, you know, two people who fall in love and this is what happens. And, you know, here's some of the, you know, inserted data you can have. And all of this sort of gets generated into code and, you know, within seconds generates a screenplay or, you know, a a treatment or something. So it's pretty fascinating about the ability of some of these things. Uh, But again, sort of, Hollywood has always done a good job for better or worse for prepping people uh, for, um, you know, things that may sort of happen in the future. I think part of this is because writers are really terrific at what they do. Um, But I think some of it is sort of sci-fi and people making guesstimations. But um, and there's also some out there that think it's maybe even more than that conspiracy sort of uh, theory aspect stuff. And I don't want to give any weight to any one of those, but just to say that that's sort of, you know, sort of out there. And so we have this sort of robots and artificial intelligence. So on one hand, there's legitimate concern that technology, uh, as technology grows and replaces functions that humans, you know, once handled, there could be less jobs for humans. Okay, so that's sort of one aspect of this. The other aspect is technology makes human life more efficient. Uh, and potentially makes us um, you know, even smarter by adding to what we're bringing to the table or allowing us to remember certain things or include certain things that we wouldn't normally have done. Now, of course, whether that sort of cheapens or enhances the creative process is, I think, a debate to be had. Uh, but I think another aspect to this is maybe that technology allows humans to do more things like be creative, to travel more, explore more, Um, invent more or spend more time with family, right? Now, I think one of the problems to think about is what happens when artificial intelligence, um, you know, can also do creative things like we're talking about, like writing and writing a screenplay. You know, and I think another, some other questions that pop up is, um, does technology really just introduce more consumerism? And I think another idea or question is, does technology, um, efficiency just lead to more human laziness. And I think the next sort of idea is does technology or can technology really just be a beautiful thing if applied properly? I mean, look, the the cell phone, the use of the cell phone can be a beautiful thing if it's used to communicate and uh, keep in touch with family members, the same thing with social media, but it also can be terrible because we spend too much time on it. Um, we end up comparing ourselves to people different social media platforms. We get upset by certain things. So again, uh, there's a double-edged sword to these things. And I'll give a sort of an example of this. So anybody who's a um, 1883 or 1923 fan, which is a part of the uh, Yellowstone television series on Paramount+, Plus, which is created by uh, Taylor Sheridan, which by the way, he's having... Uh, terrific last few years between uh, Tulsa King and Sylvester Stallone, uh, between uh, 1923, 1883, and Yellowstone, and some of the other uh, television series he's got going on. He's um, put nothing but hits out there uh, as of late and uh, has had a, a terrific career and uh, I believe grew up in Texas and also um, uh, was an award-winning cowboy out there in terms of uh, uh, doing some rodeo stuff. Um, so just a really um, dynamic individual, but in episode three in this the hit series, 1923, there's this scene where uh, Jack and John Dutton are questioning a businessman who's selling a washing machine on the street. And this is in the early part of the 20th century, right? So this is before washing machines are what they are today. And uh, Jack Dutton rhetorically sort of asked this businessman who's selling all of these Sort of futuristic items, how people will pay for these new machines. Uh, and, uh, you know, Dutton is really hinting at the point that people will just have to work harder to pay more money for these expensive machines. Now, eventually, machines uh, do decrease in price because the process to create them becomes more efficient, and competition drives the price down until something new is created that's better, and then the price goes up. So on and so forth. So it's the sort of the way that the economy and uh, new products that are introduced, um, sort of how a, how how they go in terms of price. But the point is that that Dutton is trying to make in this sort of series is that the more that more technology just leads to more consumerism, which is paid through hard work, which I think in some sense goes against the idea that technology would take away jobs. Um, you know, because people would find other things to do. Look, I don't know if that's exactly true. I think at some point, particularly with artificial intelligence, because it is literally taking away the thing that people have always done best, or at least the thing that differentiates differentiates humans from animals, is the idea that we can think and that we can form thoughts and we can speak and that sort of thing, right? So I think um, that is the difference with artificial intelligence is that the potential it has, both in a very powerful and creative way, but also the potential that it has to um, devalue, uh, I think, human beings. So um, it's going to be very, very interesting to see sort of where this goes. Now, on the other hand, to this, if technology is open sourced, meaning that uh, it's a type of software. Where the original source code is made freely available and distributed online, and anybody can use it, which is in some sense how um, some of these AI platforms are working, at least initially. Uh, then you could compare it to maybe having free electricity or free water, uh, which is normally a sort of a sellable item. The problem is, is history I think tells us different, and history tells us that uh, electricity and water were never really free. Uh, and if they were free for a period of time, they weren't for free for very long. And um, you know, sort of in a capitalist economy and environments uh, where sort of this commerce forward thinking, um, there's always the ability to sell something for profit. And usually, if there's the ability, it will be made that way, right? Until you know, the government officials that you know that we that we hire, essentially, that we put into office, uh, in the sort of constitutional republic that we have, uh, particularly a constitutional republic that is commerce forward, like the United States or a capitalist country. Um, look, selling resources is not a bad thing, uh, but for something like AI, there might be a stronger claim to keep those things open source so that people have access to them. Um, but again, there's going to be pressure here to charge you know, money for um, these sort of different platforms, and maybe part of it is kind of like streaming, where it's you know you have ad-based platforms and sort of free uh, free platforms where you have to listen you know listen or watch you know a bunch of commercials, or you get the premium ones. And maybe these AI systems work that same way. I don't know, but that's sort of the the basic sort of premise of what we're dealing with with AI is that it has the potential to replace the one thing or complement the one thing, which is thinking and creative aspect, which is only humans can do in that sense um you know, potentially has the ability to sort of either help that or take it away. And so so I think regulation may become an important piece in this. I might be wrong, but that's sort of some initial thoughts Now in the Hollywood setting, unions and writers guilds are going to have something to say about, uh, artificial intelligence like Chat GPT. And there was a great article in The Hollywood Reporter about this. Uh, so ChatGPT is a uh, publicly available iteration, uh, which was launched by a company called OpenAI that can produce polished pitches and log lines for films uh, and television shows, as well as generic outlines and scripts within seconds. And again, this was an article in The Hollywood Reporter. But this raises concerns about jobs and the creative process. And by the way, I've written articles, we've had podcasts before talking about Hollywood as a whole, uh, did not respond well to analytics, by the way. Uh, Legendary Entertainment tried to introduce a analytical platform as to the four quadrants of filmmaking, meaning reaching the four quadrants of people who go to films in those sort of generic categories. And Hollywood sort of was like, no, we can't do that. That's not proper. And of course, if you remember, there was sort of this augmented reality and artificial intelligence and virtual reality aspects to filmmaking where you had uh, sort of bringing back to life um, uh, actors who had since been deceased. So bringing James Dean into a film or something that was really pushed back on. And of course, there's the copyright issue to all of this. Who owns that information? And is it the estate if somebody has passed away? Uh, How long is it owned for according to copyright law? Uh, Which is, I think, generally 75 years plus the life of the author, 70 years plus the life of the author. I don't have the notes in front of me, but again, that's sort of uh, the idea. That's, again, the sort of what we're dealing with. And of course, technology has always been a dilemma in Hollywood. Uh, Eventually, things do change. I mean, you know... It was technology that started the film industry in terms of uh, creating cameras. And then eventually that sort of developed into, you know, that was initially silent films. Then you had sound and then you had, you know, uh, black and white then color and everything else. Right. To where we are now. And of course, again, chat GPT arrives at a time when copyright lawsuits are being filed against art AI or artificial intelligence generators. Um With artists and copyright owners wanting to protect their works, you know, to where you have people who create things and then some of those things may be online. And then basically these AI generators scour the internet, look for things, look for any information and inputs it can get or whatever the people who are controlling the AI put information into it. And then uh, again, it it sort of spits out, um, you know, pitches and log lines and film and television shows. Uh, outlines and scripts as we talked about within seconds but of course in the in the art setting it's a similar problem it's like well who owns that work and how is it being created and how are we inputting it um, so again ai brings challenges in the creative sense in that machine learning collects information from past writings and things humans have written or painted or what have you or um, filmed or whatever the situation is however it's been recorded or put in some tangible medium of expression, as copyright would say, um, which in some sense may be like sampling in music, you know, where you take certain things. The difference here is is that it's not a human being taking it. It's a human being inserting this stuff or a system being set up to take information and put it in, which can be tracked by its code. Uh, and except here, it can be tracked without question or subjectivity. Whereas when a human takes it, it's like, well, where did it come from? And you end up having to, you know, if things go to trial and there's a copyright, you know, litigation, you bring in experts and those experts determine about what's been taken based on samples and, um, and they compare certain works, right? And a lot of times this is what happens when an artist creates a song and then the song sounds like another song and then somebody gets sued and they have to bring in experts through a trial to figure all this out. Now, of course, what's sort of interesting about all this is the old saying is when it rains, it pours, right? Because uh, recently the Federal Trade Commission or the FTC has uh, brought forth this idea of getting rid of non-compete clauses uh, as a policy um, nationwide. Of course, in California, uh, almost all non-competes are illegal except for in uh, very few exceptions, one of which is in the business partner setting where two businesses – where a business is – either splitting up or they have an owner who's leaving the company and they have a non-compete clause, but it has to be again, subject to a geographic area and it has to have a time period has to have a legitimate purpose, all these other things that go into that. Right. So it's very limited. But the reason I bring up this sort of non-compete is that we may have a potential for certain writers, bringing in certain directors, producers, actors, whatever um, would have more opportunities to write and create. Um, so either AI is going to help that process or it's going to infringe upon it. So I guess we'll sort of see, but this is definitely a nationwide phenomenon as we move into this world of artificial intelligence and whether that's as a benefit or a detriment, uh, is sort of yet to be seen. But, uh, this is Hollywood's creative dilemma. And, um, we've, we've talked about artificial intelligence and the growth of it, in the Hollywood space and the impact it may have on creatives in Hollywood. So uh, thanks again, folks, for listening in. I'm your host, Jeremy Evans. This is the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. Uh, as always, appreciate you making us the number one sports law podcast for uh, three years running, and we'll look forward to uh, being back with you next week. So thank you so much.